It is another Monday edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We are back. It is the first podcast of March. And also, lads, get a load of this sentence. It's the first podcast of our second decade. What? But more importantly than all that, let's we we had our self-congratulatory stuff last week. We gave ourselves a little song and dance. We talked about all our all all the bits we definitely remember. Um, we did all that, but now we've got just a big old week packed, chocked full of um uh, of news and entertainment and tidbits and um uh, and, and you know wrestling we got some we got some good ass wrestling to discuss this week uh which has been uh, you know a, a trend on the upswing i think in the last couple of years here uh on, on the chair shop podcast so we, we've got that to look forward to um i'm your host by the way or one of them at least you know just one three-man team here three-man booth as is the style at the time uh barry murphy with my friends and cohorts and co-hosts uh joe towner hello there and paul griffin well quite frankly barry uh not quite sure what a podcast is yeah, I think Barry's more the Excalibur of this show. Yeah, pulls the JR and I'm the, I'm the Tony Schiavone. I think that's I think that's a great I think that's a great lineup. I mean, I I may fall down in the anime explaining um, uh, department, but well, um, you're not a nonce, so that's probably one. Yes, yeah. I mean, that is of all my pathetic vices, I've stayed clear of that one. Um, you know, why did JR uh, ask what a magical girl is? What answer would have satisfied him? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think he because I, I think he likes it. I think he likes going right, whatever, whatever that shit is. Anyway, the, the hangman's here. He's got a pot with him. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so that's that's a good comparison for the three of us. We've got obviously we do have some AEW chat coming up. Um, so look forward to that. Um, uh, and some various other pro wrestling bits and pieces. Um, uh, but before we kick that off, gents, let's do a little bit of life golf. Uh, who has had a life this week? I've not had much of a life this week. Oh, not much oh, of a life. Although, 199.8, lads. Is that what? No radio station you found? It's 199.8. <laughs> Not as fat as it used to be. Oh, music from nineties, two thousands, and now. <laughs> yeah, new record. I'm under hundred pound, two hundred pounds for the first time in what, two years, probably. Quite congratulations. Quite well happy with that. Although I'm not, I'm actually not actually two hundred pounds now. I'm over that again because I celebrated the milestone with a big trip to McDonald's. And a load of sweets for the old wrestling. So, oh, very, uh, back oh. to the old starting point. Two twelve again, baby. Ooh. <laughs> I actually forgot what your what your starting point was, and that uh, that is that is quite a drop with that with that extra bit of context. I mean, I mean, well done. Um, well, let uh, me tell you about this McDonald's though, because that. Was, oh, go on. Let me tell did you. It, did, it, did it taste all the sweeter because you're not because you're just eating like sweet corn and um, salmon now? <laughs> I've never had salmon in my life. I do have sweet corn though. Sweet corn's alright. Sweet corn's alright. It is. It's alright. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good. I had my my first grand Big Mac. 
Oh yes, that's that is quite the mound of salt. <laughs> um, it's a big burger, let me tell you. Um, very good. I, I thought it was very good, and I I'm not a huge fan of the McDonald's burger uh, style in the first place. I think their burgers a little too dry for my uh, burger palate. Um, but this one's very good. It's it's kind of cl- the closest that they've got to a a double whopper. But it has that little bit of bread in the middle, just to really, you know, uh, make it as big as possible. I thought it was really good. Um, and then when uh, AEW Revolution was on, what did I have? I had some donuts. Um, <laughs> at a flump. A what? A flump. Uh, some Pepsi Max. Come on, I'm not going crazy now. Um, how um how big was this flump? Was it sort of a <laughs> kind of a six inch flump? Um, your regular flump. I don't know what, how big is a flump usually. Probably not. Yeah, six inches maybe. Like five six inches. Yeah. Well, I, I have a question for you here on the subject of snacks. Right, I want to. I want to. What, what's what, what, what's your take on on, on the uh, the the acclaimed drumstick squashy? Uh, it has to be a thumbs up for me. Oh, it's a thumbs up. I it's mean, a thumbs it's, up for me for drumstick squash. Two, two thumbs up. I don't like the sour ones though. No, see this is now. See this is my thing. I think the squashies are shockingly rare, and I'm almost more annoyed if it's in a shop I'm in and it's the sour one. Like, listen. It's called a drumstick squashy. I want it drumstick flavored. I want it like a bar, but softer and, and less mm-hmm. less sore on the teeth. I'm nearly thirty. Come on, yeah. that's that's they're that's, hanging uh, in there by a thread as it is. Hanging hanging in by a thread as it is. All that coke. <laughs> I do. I didn't have a drumstick squashies though. My brother mm. had. My brother did have the drumstick squashies. Well, you know, it, you, you, the, the household, you know, the family is is holding it down. That's yeah, what matters. Yeah, yeah. No, I. They had some nice. Um, Nice chocolate ring donuts in Super Value, what with little, um, like little Smarties on them. I was like, oh damn, that looks good. Even though I'm supposed to be on a diet, fuck it, I'm celebrating. It's the weekend and it's the milestone. Um, so now I'm back to uh, to behaving until the next. When I hit 190, I will pig out and gorge again. <laughs> Just gonna go 10 pounds forward and then 10 pounds back. Exactly. It's definitely. I mean, it's the very definition of yo-yo dieting. To the extreme. Paul Heyman saying, we take this diet to the extreme. Um, But yeah, it was Saturday morning, um, the weigh-in. Because I had said the previous day, if I weigh under 200, we're going to McDonald's. So on the proviso (laughs) that I had not made the weight, there would have been no McDonald's trip. You see, so... It was kind of a double-edged sword in a way, but uh, damn, mm. that McDonald's was good. I went for um, the old uh, "Living in Paris" special of um, two large chips, a giant burger, and an ice cream. <laughs> uh, that was very good. But uh, apart from that, it's been quite enough week. Like, for instance, I got home today after work. Uh, we went straight to bed. <laughs> <laughs> candle on curtains closed just fucking did I'm, I'm, I got home from work like about four hours ago I've not done anything today just did you leave, did you leave the candle on while you were asleep 
Well, I wasn't really. I guess I was kind of asleep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Paul, you're, you're quite literally playing with fire. Have there. we not talked about nap candles on this podcast before? No. Oh, man. Every time I have a nap, little candle has to go on first to set the mood. Oh, Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> I enjoy having a nap with a candle. How on. do you know? But it's wait, 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 wait. But it's, you're li- like literally just constructing things that are like, it's like your goal is to have a fire hazard. No, because I get the um, the big candles that come in like a nice glass jar. So as far as I'm concerned, the, mm. the fire is protected, it's contained within the jar. Mm. Um, I get the, well, I do get the ones from Aldi, so probably the glass will oh, melt or something. Sub, substandard. But, yeah, um, good crack. Good crack. Glass although, crack. I was called out on it yesterday. It was yesterday or the day before. Because we found a load of, you know, the little, um, what's it, what are they called? The tea, tea light candles? Or tea, yeah. Tea the, the little winky ones. Um, because, <laughs> the little, d- little winky ones? <laughs> What shape is it? <laughs> little round dinky ones, you know. Oh, dinky. Dinky winkies, you know. Um, so in addition to the, the big candles and little candles, I had nine candles on the go, like in a row. And Natty was saying, Jesus Christ, you got to burn the house down. Don't, it's, like, I'm so close together with that. Are you trying to get into doing, like, maths? Is this what's going on? You, you're starting off slow. I just enjoy a candle and there's nothing wrong or gay about it. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say it was. Well, I didn't say wait, 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 fellas, is it gay to burn alive? <laughs> I enjoy a candle, and I will use the candle to enhance my nap. And I think that's enhance his nap. I think that's perfectly legitimate. There's nothing wrong with that. What do we have on at the moment? What is that red one? Hang on, let me get up and have a look at the flavors. <laughs> Flavor, not really a flavor, is it? <laughs> Hey, sir, you're drinking a candle. I think it's a scent. I have a sugared cinnamon on the go. Uh, oh, God. And then an opium noir. That doesn't really go well for opium. the drug accusation from a second ago. That's what it's called, apparently. It's opium noir. Opium noir. And a sugared cinnamon. And on occasion, we'll have a little incense on as well. But Blimey. incense... No, 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 no. Incense is not for the naps, baby. That is only for... Can- Candles are only for the nap. Yeah, can- yeah. Wait, I feel like that should be the other way around. Well, Barry, you are not an expert in the world of the nap candle. Well, I, so. I, I'm just a fool. I mean, that's known. <laughs> so sit your ass down. Yeah. Um, God. Yeah, I don't know. We always have candles in the room all year round. There ha- there's probably at any point in the year three or four candles on in our room mm. Mm. which is also beneficial in the winter because the heat off the candle heats up the room as well yes sure mm. anyway well oh, that's yeah candle chat for you candle guff um speaking of snacks um i've actually given up all sugary treats uh, for lent <gasps> oh my goodness wow so, um pancake day we had some i know sugar. someone who's who's done that as it, well it's it's been harder than Veganuary, to be honest. Oh. Um, I think giving up meat was easier than giving up a nice little, you know, chucky bar. I think I think with, with meat, though, the, with Veganuary, there's, like, 
there's that encouragement to be a little adventurous and try new yeah. stuff and you know try the substitutes try you know eat more veg be you know mm. whereas with like with sweets it's just like no just don't you just can't have it that's yeah. you know that, yeah, I can totally see how that would be tougher I'm not going to do it but I can see how you are struggling <laughs> yeah oh, I'm just craving a lovely little mm, little drumstick squashy <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I've, I've really avoided anything. I mean, it's been, what, nearly a week since Shrove Tuesday. Um, well, doesn't Len start, start on Ash Wednesday, though? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had pa- pancakes with sugar on, on the Tuesday and then Very good. Uh, quit on the Wednesday. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I've kept it up so far. I'm eating more fruit. I'm having sort of grapes after yeah. dinner and a bit of fruit for lunch. So it's not, it's not too bad. But, oh, I just love a little chocolate. Yeah, oh, be good, be nice. But like, like Paul rewarded himself. Just think of how nice it'll be when, when it's over and you can. Have it. It, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't formally given something up, but I noticed in the run up to Lent, I noticed it's been quite a while since I've had my old, uh, kind of the old monster. Um, oh. So I've kind of officially adopted that. I want to keep that going because I was definitely I I go on and off monster, and when I go on it, my God, I properly go on it. Um, I mean, I was having some weeks. I was having a can of the stuff a day. Uh, most often, getting it at the bus stop at eight o'clock in the morning on the way to. Oh, work. Barry, monster! Um, oh, uh, Jesus! Yes, with, with a, you know, but balanced breakfast. I'd have a croissant as well, you know. Oh, croissant and a monster, <laughs> just like the French. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has his little croiss- croissantster in the morning. This is fine. Uh, 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 Papillon punch. It's very good. It tastes fruity. It's not too carbonated. Uh, um, but yes, and I was just like, well, that cannot be helping with my tummy. It cannot be helping with the tiredness because obviously I'm crashing all the time. I wonder you're shitting yourself. Yeah, no wonder. I'm <laughs> oh just, yeah. Oh god. Just no wonder I'm just like emptying myself at all t- at all times. See, so, yeah, I've adopted that, and uh, you know, I I will say I I'm not missing it too much. Well, no, that's a lie. Um, I do I do look at the big pink can every time I walk past it, but um, uh, I'm I'm sticking with it. So yeah, that's um. Um, although I could do with, uh, oh, I could do with a fix now. Oh, read, read this news that Alex Shelley is being pulled from 16 carat. Oh, you bastard. Oh, you bastard. Oh. You are like Homer with the Venus de Milo, the big, sweet, sweet pink can. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, that's not too strenuous. Um, you know, it's not like I've given up all sugary drinks, which I probably could do with doing, but, uh. But you know, uh, yeah. So, uh, any other any other life guff there to discuss, Joe? Uh, no, I just went on a little trip to Costco on Saturday, uh, so I'm sure I could stock up on big bags of things, uh, and also get a lovely hot dog and a drink for one fifty, bargain. Um, so that was that was fun. Very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's uh, a solid life cup. I'm in the, I'm in the the dying days here of organising myself for for Germany this weekend, which I'm very much looking Sweet. forward to. Um, a little bit on tenterhooks about the whole travelling situation. Um, not not so much about you know getting sick. I'm I'm very much uh, you know 
don't put everything on on hold, you know, just because of this. You got to get on with the life and all that. But more so, just that it won't happen. Um, uh, you know, obviously, I, for the for those who, who don't know, I'm going to Germany this weekend for the annual 16 karat gold tournament in Germany. Really excited. I've gone twice previously and once to Germany on a for a different WXW weekender. It's great. It's one of my favorite trips of the year. Uh, and obviously, but obviously, you know, mainland Europe is having the big time coronavirus problems. Um, and various European countries adopting various stances on cancelling gatherings and festivals and conventions and things like that. Um, uh, but uh, it seems it seems that region, which does have confirmed cases, is uh, is is uh, you know or somewhat under control, and they are confident that the that the, the weekend can go ahead. So that's fine. But they literally just as we started this uh, show, they just announced that Alex Shelley, which was one of the big names that they had. Um, was pulled because um, he is he has a shoot job working at a medical clinic and he can obviously not be torn away from that at the moment so uh, that sucks but you know understandable but uh, yeah that's life guff for me at the moment why don't we jump into our various guffs here because uh, we got quite a lot um, teleguff if we kick off with that um, I don't have anything new to report on Telegraph. I watched another episode of The Stranger, which I talked about last week. I, I, I think we'll finish it just out of a little bit of morbid curiosity, but, you know, it's 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 pretty crap, all things considered. <laughs> um, I'm watching uh, some classic South Park at the moment. Uh, I discovered, I don't know if I discovered it or it's just a, a recent change, Amazon Prime has the entire run of South Park, mm. um, whereas Netflix just kind of added in this weird handful of seasons and a best of and stuff like that amazon has it all um i i have a real soft spot for the early seasons of south park there's something so sort of charming about their their um sort of lack of pretension and that's not mm. to say i don't, I don't like the because when they because when the recent seasons went on netflix I, I i finally got around to watching them and i think they're all right i think i think I think that show still has a lot to offer, but uh, there, there is just something quite nostalgic about uh, those early seasons. Just with it, like the animation just sucks and like just is so unap- unapologetically bad. And it really does feel like it was back when a significant amount of the show's humor was just derived from, hey, every character on this show has a silly voice. You know, it's it's it's. It's pretty much perfect binge watching for when you don't want to tax your brain too much. Mm. Um, and on that note, I also have been watching on Amazon Prime uh, Futurama, uh, but specifically the post Fox seasons, um, mm. which I I think I've started a handful of times and I've never stuck with. Um, and so I'm about halfway through that first Comedy Central season, and I'm enjoying it quite a lot. Um, uh, I, I don't know how good or bad or how well regarded those seasons are generally, but that first one is uh, feels very on par with what the show was from its golden years. So that's good. So yeah, enjoying that quite a lot. So those, so uh, that's the that's the cartoon guff for me this week. Uh, what are you lads been watching? Um, well, I remember I used to watch Futurama. Uh, I think I only really watched the Comedy Central seasons. Like f- in their entireties. Wait, uh, so you haven't, watched, you haven't watched the original one? I mean, I I've seen episodes here and there, but it was never a show that I kind of watched as a completionist to watch every episode. You know, like with wow. like Simpsons. I I just I was, oh, I was always aware of it, and I'd watch it if it was on, but I'd never kind of go through it. 
right. I'd say I'd say you might have seen more of it than you might realize because it's a fairly brief mm. run of original shows. I I would encourage you to go back and watch from the start though because that is I mean that that is a tremendous run of shows uh, or seasons rather. Yeah, yeah. I never watched the uh, the kind of revived one. Um, I think I tried watching one of them. And it just didn't quite mm. hit for me. There is yeah. a there is a weird. Um, Almost South Park like attempt to be a bit more s- satirical mm. in um, in the in the revive season. Like they have a whole iPhone episode, and of of the one, I'm about halfway through the first of the revival season, uh, and that's easily the weakest. Um, there's there's obviously a lot of social commentary in the show in general, but but uh, being that on the nose in its in its satire was a little weak for me. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, so speaking of Bender, um, oh no, God! <laughs> what have you been watching, Joe? Uh, <laughs> well, I watched a um, show, show on Netflix called The Pharmacist. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this new kind of true crime series. Mm. Um, it's about a guy who's a pharmacist whose son is murdered in a kind of drug uh, deal gone wrong and the police aren't particularly interested in it and don't really bother investigating properly so he kind of takes it upon himself to uh, try and find the murderer um, but from there it kind of goes into something much bigger because this guy after that you know whole situation he ends up kind of getting involved as a pharmacist in this sort of opioid crisis in America and the Oxycontin um uh, sort of crisis of the early to sort of early two thousands to to twenty ten, yeah. uh, and he starts sort of investigating that, and almost turns into this kind of quasi private detective. Um, so it's a really kind of interesting documentary series. So he, uh, on one hand, it's it's got this really compelling kind of story around the drug crisis and all these kids who are overdosing on what is essentially heroin in pill form mm. um, that's being prescribed by doctors. Um, but also this guy who's ha- whose son has been murdered, who's kind of completely losing the plot and thinks he's a you know kind of amateur detective. Um, so a really interesting series. I've watched like three episodes of it. Uh, I think there's a few more to go. But I would I would definitely recommend that. Definitely very interesting. Yeah, sounds good. Mm. Uh, speaking of Netflix, RuPaul's Drag Race season oh, yeah. twelve is up and running. Starting oh, there yeah. on uh, Friday, just gone. So on Saturday we settled down to watch it and uh ooh we let me tell you that show's great. Is that your impression of one of the contestants? Uh <laughs> that's the impression of me. Cause I don't know, I think when we watch RuPaul's drag race, I become I I don't know, twenty percent more camp than I am the rest of the week. So a hundred percent. Um that's very disrespectful. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I kind of like wrestling. I guess in a sense, I can kind of lose myself in it and, yeah, you know, be immersed in it and get into the characters and a lot of it. So yeah, it was great. They, um, they usually have what fourteen contestants per season, but this season, after seven were introduced, out comes RuPaul and says, "Oh, twists and turns. Only you seven will go. We're doing two premieres this season," <laughs> and it was great fun. And then usually. You know, they have the, the weekly competition, weekly contest, whatever it is, and the two weakest mm. have to lip sync for their their life. So lip sync to not be eliminated, right? Yeah. 
But this season, he's going, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe. And it gets down to two people who are, like, really good. You're like, oh, my God, what are the, <laughs> what are the really good people's going to be eliminated? And then he says, no, no, this week, you're going to lip sync to be the best. And then whoever was the best won, like, I don't know, $10,000 or something. Oh, it was craziness. We were the whole time going, oh, my God, another twist, another turn. Um, So that's our weekly little thing we're going to look forward to now. And also... um. For the first time, I guess since something like when I was watching Lost, um, I used to listen to like loads of podcasts about Lost, and I was really, really into it. We're watching also two little supplementary shows for RuPaul's Drag Race. We're watching Untucked, which is like the behind-the-scenes extra bits, and we're also watching um, The Pit Stop, which is a like a recap show, like a recap discussion show. And uh, I think what we're going to do is, because we're used to watching RuPaul on demand on Netflix, so we're just watching mm. every day an episode, um, we're going to watch the recap show just before the we watch the new episode from the following week, so that we, it can kind of catch us up, and then we watch the new episode, you know? Um, we also started watching season 10, so we're watching two concurrent seasons now, which already has confused me, <laughs> in terms of who, which, who is on which season season um, but yeah we're totally loving it and then once we finish season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race we're going to start watching Grey's Anatomy again um, so, that's, right. so that's the pipeline as well did you, did you finish it? no we, we, we're just oh, okay. we're just about to finish season 3 um, and I've been meaning to get back to it so I think it's a good opportunity now especially since RuPaul's Drag Race is like an hour long episode 40 minutes of Grey's Anatomy is going to fly by, you know? So we might be that sometimes we can watch more than one. I think we can kind of get through a big chunk of it. Uh, and also, we're watching The Soup from 2008, and that on occasion will make reference to Grey's Anatomy. So I want to be able to kind of get, get the jokes from The <laughs> oh Soup. Oh, my God. Week to week rewatch. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what I've been watching. And it was good. Nice. Uh, the footy was fucking mad this week by the way every team what should have won lost I couldn't believe mm. it mm. except United to be only true fuckers it's not bad Everton yeah it's alright I want to win though anyway that all the mm. telly we have I think that's all the telly yeah what will I do next uh, Barry I listened to that album finally that you recommended oh, yeah. me oh, like yeah. four weeks ago yeah well to be fair I was away for two of the weeks yes. that, yeah so that's fair enough go on also, I gotta be honest here, because, you know, I don't like to tell a lie. When you referenced specifically on last week's podcast, you know, Paul, did you listen to that album? Da, da, da. I remember that you had asked me an album. To listen, you had recommended me an album. Fucking no memory of what it was. <laughs> what kind of music it was. No memory. And so, I think it was like the day after we put the, that episode out, in our little Skype DM... Mm. Chat. I was like, by the way, Barry, what was that album I'm supposed to? Because I, on the on the podcast itself, I was kind of playing along, like, oh yeah, that old, that old thing, that old album. <laughs> no problem, baby. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Oh, oh, have I listened to it? Oh, well, I've <laughs> uh, So I did this week listen to Ginger by Brock mm. Hampton. Um, which is a 2019, I guess, kind of hip hop album. Yeah, although, although there, there's some merging of 
genres going on there as well. I, I was listening again this week. It, it's the more I listen to it, the harder it is to classify. It's really. And they kind of pride themselves on it. They really are just kind of meshing a lot of stuff together. I, th- I think it has hip-hop roots, definitely. Yeah, it does, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I listened to that this week. I was kind of initially really impressed. And then some of the more generic hip-hop bits I kind of was more mm. down on. And then in the middle, it really picked up again. And then I kind of thought it kind of felt petered out by the end um the first track is was probably my favorite of the entire album uh, no halo which mm. has this kind of acoustic sound to it that you wouldn't normally associate with that kind of music which i guess is kind of why it got my attention i thought okay so this isn't just going to be you know hip-hop it's going to be hip-hop infused with different things that was, that was my expectation anyway going in um uh so i really like that one in particular and then everything from St. Percy down to, like, uh, Born Again, I was pretty with it for those, like, four or five tracks. Like, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. And I like sometimes that you'll you'll start, because I, I listened to it while I was at work. Um, you'll start listening to a song, and then by the end of the song, it's completely taken a 90-degree turn. You're like, is this the same song? And it is. It's the same, like, track. But it's like unrecognizable by the end from what it was at the beginning. It's almost like they've, um, and I don't mean like in a bad way, but some of the songs are almost like feel like a bit of a Frankenstein's monster of different bits of different songs, but in in Mm. a way that works. Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, there there was definitely some stuff in there that was more up my uh, alley. Yeah, but there was also stuff that you know I'm not a huge fan of that, kind of rap. You know the the more mm. I don't want to call it like a lazy rap, but the, yeah. the rap in which they sound like they're just rapping outside of their mouth. You know, it's 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 definitely a little bit more monotone and less energetic. I suppose that's not kind of my my what I'm so much into, but. Like I said, that being said, I think even for a bit of a, a Luddite like me, there was stuff in there that kind of appealed more to my taste. Mm. And I think that's I think that's something that is is a positive about the album, is that because it's so eclectic, because there are lots of different styles in there, a bit like Joel Drashlin, there's something in there for everybody. If you're a fan yeah. of the comedy wrestling, there's a couple of songs for you. If you're a fan of the old uh, best tag team match ever, there is some of that for you as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would. I think overall, because again, there was some that I wasn't so on. I, I kind of go somewhere in the middle, but definitely there was some there was some stuff on there that I really liked as well. Um, so good recommendation, Barry. Thank you, especially because it's uh, most of it not what I normally enjoy, but it, it it was good. It was good. I also listened to. I, I this was actually a few weeks ago. I think I forgot to mention on the podcast. Um, I listened to Restless by Exhibit. Speaking of hip hop, what year is that from? Uh, I don't know. I think it's his <laughs> third album. Hang on, let me look. Okay, up. yeah, because I re- I recognize the name. Does he rap uh, about Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> <laughs> it's from two thousand, December two thousand. Um, I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> I think that's more my kind of rap or my kind of hip hop. It's definitely more rap than hip hop. Um. Very Dr. Dre produced sound to it. 
and I've always mm. liked Dr. Dre's uh, music and, and sound. And this is the one that has X on it, which is obviously his biggest hit, I guess. His biggest solo hit, anyway. Um, Yeah, I really, really liked it. I don't know, because I haven't listened to much Exhibit, but at what point he kind of fell off the map or <laughs> kind of got less good. But this album um, was de- definitely in that wheelhouse of the kind of West Coast Snoop Dogg, you know, Dre uh, Exhibit sound. So big thumbs up on that one. Even though it's a bit of a retro cut and, and some of the stuff is a bit, you know, it's very 2000s-y in a good way, but also in a bit of a, a bad way. Mm. But um, God damn it if Exhibit isn't a charismatic rapper. Yeah. And uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. Because <laughs> it was not an album I've ever listened to before. I never really listened to Exhibit. Even though I like him when he appears on other people's songs. Like, um... What's the difference on uh, 2001? Really, really like. So it was the first time going, let's just do a bit of exhibit. Also, he was real good when he made them cars have TVs in them. Um, so yeah, big thumbs up on that one. That's all the music I listen Well, it's not all the music I listen to. I listen to also. Uh, I was listening to Spice Girls before we started recording. Um, so I'm still on that. Uh, pop music thing as well. So yeah, yeah. Still enjoying your little your little pop renaissance. <laughs> I am. I was listening to Kelly Clarkson as well the other day. Ooh, that for, that. Oh, I don't know if it's her first album, but like what? First or second is really good. <laughs> oh lord. Um, you been playing any video games? Uh no, just just Call of Duty. Uh, oh, I forgot you're one of the Call of Duty people now. But I yeah, but also like I've uh like I I I keep you know adding like the free games to the Epic Store and I got there's some free games on Twitch Prime this month. Just don't feel like playing them to be honest. <laughs> are you are you one of these people who's like obscenely good at Call of Duty? Um. The last time I played, like yesterday or something, I was ha- I was having one of those days where I was shit and I was getting very angry right. and yelling in my room to no one. Um, uh, but I, but yeah, there are some days where I do wish there was someone else in the room because I was like, I'm actually doing very good. I'm I'm top of this. I'm my team won and I was the best guy on my team, um, which I have never been in any other online game I've ever played. Even you know. I think I mentioned this podcast. I put more time into this than Titanfall Two, which I loved. I was good at Titanfall Two, yeah. but I was never like consistently, you know, top ranked in games. And I, I quite often am uh, in Call of Duty. I would say that like um, it's. I, I don't think it's just that I I just love that game. I I haven't felt compelled to play any twenty twenty releases yet. Um, there's not been any buzz about anything, even on like an indie level, where it's like, oh, this is the this is the hot thing of the moment, you know. Yeah. Um, it's been a, it's been a very quiet year. Um, like at the first big release, I guess, is Dreams, which I'm so fascinated by and so curious about. But I've just I've never been one for games about creation. No, I I, exactly. I I don't have a brain for it when it's hey create a Mario level like I love Mario Maker but I was not I was not great at the building aspect of no, it. No, I only played that as a level, not a level designer, but playing other people's levels. 
Yeah, and I, I was the exact same, and I was shocked because I, I, I made a level. It was very fun. I, I did. I liked that aspect of it, but I just couldn't get into it. And with Dreams, I mean, Dreams, just from what from what I've seen, I mean, it has tutorials on game logic and 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 just insanely deep stuff. And it's just like I, I would, I wouldn't have the time, let alone the mental capacity, to do this. Um, and and so yeah, and to, to go back to my original point, that's kind of the one big release so far this year. So uh, if anyone you know, if anyone wants to tweet or email, if you think there's a game we're, we're sleeping on, by all means, get in touch. But um, uh, yeah, well, the, what about you? Are you playing anything? Um, well, the first big one that's coming up for us is going to be Animal Crossing, and I have I have this feeling that Animal Crossing is going to be huge. Yeah, I think so. The Switch, that's giving the big double thumbs up. So. I we we pre-ordered Animal Crossing both of us, and I've also taken the Friday off work so we can do some midnight Animal Crossing. Okay. Um. So I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, it's true as you say. In the in the meanwhile, there's no new games that I'm that interested in playing. Um. Like this week, I was playing Kirby's Dream Course on the Super Nintendo. Not bad, yeah. It's like a golf game. It's weird. Did you um um. With with uh, Animal Crossing, are you digitally getting that at midnight or? Yeah, yeah, we have it pre-ordered. Oh, okay, on the switches digitally. Yeah. Okay, I was, I was wondering if you were going, you didn't strike me as a midnight launch type. No, um, no. But I mean, um, as far as like Call of Duty, like I I'm definitely not good enough to get into game. Like I I having seen you, especially some of your streams, I know that you're better <laughs> better at games than me. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 although I played the campaign of like I think the first Black Ops, I think just not being um, that good at first-person shooters, especially, has kind of turned me off going down that route when new games come out. Even if like Titanfall Two again got very, um, very good reviews, and I, I absolutely adored single-player, but I never played the multiplayer because I just <laughs> I'm just not that good at those kind of games. Although let me tell you. Uh, Mario Kart. Oh, that's the one. The one game I excel at is Mario Kart. Um, but even then, I don't play it online much. Um, Me neither. Yeah, I'm either playing with friends or I'm just playing against the computer. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Kirby's Dream Course is is a weird Super Nintendo golf game, uh, which is very strange, a bit difficult to control, um, because aiming. The aiming receptacle is one of those things that you have to move with the directional pad. And at first it goes really slow. And then if you hold down, it just goes like really slow to really fast. And then you have to go back to where you're... Ugh. So aiming is a bit of a slog. But um, it's a fun, fun, tough little game that's on the uh, the Switch Super Nintendo uh, thing. <laughs> Whatever that thing is. Um, in the meanwhile, I've, I'm still playing. Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2020. I'm now the manager of Wolves. Ooh. I, uh, I left Wigan behind. It's funny because I, I, I started as Wigan, brought them up to the Premier League, got a load of young players. And then as soon as an offer from Wolves came in, I went, goodbye, and I raided all their best players. So <laughs> they're probably going to get relegated now. Too bad. I I had my fun, and that's all that matters. Um, so I'll try to find time to play a bit of Nino Cooney as well. Um, I kind of fallen off off that recently, and I don't want to fall off it, so I will get back to that as well. But um, that's pretty much all I've been playing for the moment. 
And I haven't watched any movies, so I'm going to let you guys take over for the next segment. Alrighty. Um, let me see here. Uh, I have watched a couple of movies. I went to see Doolittle, which is the oh, Robert Downey Jr. thing. It's bad. Um, it's you can tell he's he, he you know he's trying to play a, a Willy Wonka esque eccentric, and he's just terrible at it. I don't know what it is. He's just he's doing a wacky faux Welsh accent. He's trying to be sort of Jim Carrey style animated. Um, uh, he's surrounded by wise cracking CGI characters that aren't that funny, but have a voice cast way beyond the quality of this film. I don't know why half of them are doing it. Uh, it's just bad. It's just, it's just really bad. It's, it's a very, it's not, well, no, it's not really bad. It's just bad. Um, yeah, there's a couple of chuckles in there, but, uh, even for a, a fairly, uh, uh, fast moving family film, it's, it's pretty weak. Uh, on the, on the much, much, much stronger end of the spectrum, I watched spirited away, um, you know, as part of Netflix's ongoing edition of Studio Ghibli Films. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on the old letterbox after watching this, and uh, I, I was watching, I really enjoyed it, and I liked it, but I was like, you know, I, I don't think of that as, you know, better than Totoro, or up in the, you know, really higher up echelon of, of animated films I've seen, and boy, did I feel like the minority when I went on letterboxed uh, uh, and, and, and checked out the reviews from my mutuals, including Paul, but also a, a great number of other people. I mean, just basically just fives across the board. Um, I don't know what it was. Maybe I think it might be a thing of maybe if I watch it on a different day in a better mood. Not that I was in a bad mood, but just I, uh, something about the pacing was a little off of me. It didn't, it didn't hook me the way Totoro did. I, I think I was in early on, and I think it waned somewhere along the way mm. and lost me. But really good. I mean, of course, gorgeously animated. Uh, uh, you know, wonderful music, very whimsical. I mean, the 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 through line of um, uh, of these movies from, from my very very early uh, working through the the catalog is just the 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 crossing the line from the regular world into just this really wonderful dreamlike uh, fantasy setting is is just so uh, so well done and uh, yeah really really enjoyed it obviously my my you know my reservations just extend to the level of not thinking it was you know one of the greatest films i've ever seen but it is of course very very good and i i did enjoy it a, a whole bunch yeah if you go um, to my letterbox it's actually one of my my four favorites i have listed there um but it was also my first ghibli movie i saw so that mm. might have painted my my opinions a little bit as well um and to play devil's advocate a little bit it is a little bit long Yes, um, that's the yeah, yeah. And there is yeah, I, I can see that there's a little bit of uh, it kind of gets weighed down a little bit in the middle, um, with the the spa stuff and all that. But I don't, I yeah, I think if I was to put a, a something on where exactly they lost me, I just the facet of the story around No Face lost me. I I yeah. didn't quite. I didn't quite get it or how it played into the rest of the story. Um, yeah, so so yeah, but again, I, it's definitely something I want to rewatch. And having having these movies on uh, on Netflix, they they're absolutely movies that I could see myself sticking on a, on a lazy Sunday again. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think there's of the twenty one or twenty two of uh, however many movies there are. 
I think I've only not seen five or so of them. And there's definitely some uh, some really great little hidden gems in there if you know which ones to look out for. Obviously, everyone knows the the big ones. Totoro, Totoro yeah. Spirit Away, Howl's Moving Castle is, is excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me tell you, uh, The Wind Rises is one you, have to, you need to make time to watch. Uh, and I also loved the Tale of the Princess Kaguya. They're probably two of the the better of the lesser known ones. There's also some stinkers in there. Uh, don't bother your hole with uh, uh, what's it called? What's the bad one? From up on Poppy Hill. No, oh, oh, from up on Poppy Hill sucks as well. The dragon one. Dragon. Oh, what's it called? What is it called? Uh, sorry, one second here. Studio Jubilee Dragon. Uh, da, 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 da. Tales from Earthsea. There you go. That film sucks. But most of them are good. So happy to hear you enjoyed Spirit of the Way. Um, also, uh, you know, another, another damn fine addition to Netflix. I watched Inglorious Bastards for the first time. Gorlami. Mm. Oh, baby, what a movie. Tarantino's back in 2009, I guess. So not really back, but what but oh, what a movie, what a movie. That is some good shit right there. Um yeah, I mean, look, obviously this is it's just it's just great Tarantino. It's just, you know, it's stylish. It's obviously like in love with other movies. Um uh and it's it's uh, like I I it's not something I really th- think of about um, uh, Tarantino, but when you like, I guess he is quite, you know, subverting your expectations on the regular when you really think about it. I mean, I, I, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is very much that, and this movie then as well, because um, I knew I knew the ending wasn't historically accurate. I had not, I had not escaped that bit of um, of zeitgeist. But have you uh, seen it before? I, I had not seen it before. Oh man! Yeah. But no, I knew I I hadn't yeah. seen it, but I I knew the gist of how it went. Sure. But even so, just watching it, I'm like, I could absolutely believe if you didn't really know much about this film, seeing it the first time, thinking it was going to be one of those historical movies where it's about it's you know based on real events about how they almost got Hitler, uh, and then you know things like that, and then to just but then to just do the final act the way he did, it's just so 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 great. Uh, and tremendous performances as well, um, uh, you know, just throughout. Uh, well, <sighs> until he started like really, really like circling around to being hilarious in the final act. I, I didn't, I didn't love Brad Pitt in this movie. I, I, I thought he was just. He was so camp, he, or not camp, like happy. I guess is the word I want to use. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but again, yeah, like in that final act, I think it actually did kind of loop around to being really entertaining. Um, but yeah, great. Really, really great stuff. Just great dialogue. Just those long, tense conversational scenes. Most notably, the one in the bar, of course, is the is, is the main one. So, so, so great. Um, yeah, so I loved it. I, I, I should get around. I, there's only about a, like two or three uh, Tarantino films I, I, I haven't seen yet. I should get around to, to, to watching them uh, before he calls it a day. But, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was my movie watching this week. Uh, I want to try and get to the Invisible Man soon, which yeah. I've heard good things about. 
Tra- I, I, I'd seen the ads for it and I was like, eh. And then I saw the full-length trailer uh, before uh, before something I was watching recently. I was like, oh, this is a bit bad. Uh, and also next week, after like a, a, a cancellation or a pushback or a mild controversy, uh, The Hunt is coming out next week, um, which, which I was quite intrigued by. Uh, so I want to watch that as well. So yeah, yeah, some good movies coming out soon. Uh, Joe, what have you been watching this week? Uh, just the one movie. Um, it's called Official Secrets. Um, stars Kira Knightley and your man Matt Smith out of the Doctor Who. Um, it's set during the Iraq War, and Kira Knightley plays a translator at GCHQ, which is uh, the, Brit- like the British equivalent of the NSA. And she sees a memo that they are trying to dig up dirt on UN ambassadors to try and blackmail them into supporting the Iraq war. Uh, She's horrified and leaks the report to the Observer newspaper. Uh, And it kind of then follows the the fallout of that decision. Um, It's not very good, to be honest. (laughs) I gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd. Um, Just, it's not actually that interesting a story. And it doesn't do much to kind of elevate um, what is quite a boring story. Uh, performances are kind of run-of-the-mill. A lot of kind of cliches and very hammy kind of performances and dialogue in it. And, um, yeah, overall, I, I couldn't recommend it in any good con- conscience. Kind of lost interest by the end. Uh, so, yeah, go, go out of your way to avoid that one. <laughs> Official secrets. Thumbs down. Fair enough. Uh, that is going to do it for the uh, non-wrestling golf. Now we'll get into the Gripple Grapple here. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to chat about. Just before we get to the, you know, the, 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 the good uh, wrestling that's worth talking about, did anyone watch anything from, from the Saudi show? Oh, God. Fuck no. the Saudi show. I saw the picture of Undertaker with his hat on. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I did see a bit uh, of it. I did see a bit of it. Um, oh, Because I heard that Undertaker coming out. I said, well, based on Undertaker's history at the old Saudi shows, there was that time him and Triple H, Irish whipped each other into the ring, into the barricade at the same time. There was the Goldberg match. I said, I got to check this out. Um, let me tell you, I never thought I'd see a shitter choke slam than the Hulk Hogan one. And the one he hit Goldberg with, but here it was. Do you think he kept the jacket on because it would be like it's like a liability for the rotator cuff to shatter if he if he's trying to take it off? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the idea was that he he beat him so easily he didn't even have to take his little hat and coat off. Uh, that's a good way to build up a WrestleMania match. That's yeah. interesting. I like that. Um, I mean, if you can't. Do a good chuck slam on AJ Styles. What are you doing, lad? Although he wasn't the oldest-looking wrestler I saw this week. Did any of you see John Cena on SmackDown? Yes, actually, just before he's this... about a hundred now. Oh, and I was already sad because he was like, because it was him versus the Fiend. I was like, oh man. But yes, he's looking very. He's just. It's. I think uh, watching that ruthless aggression stuff as well. I think that's what like, it was because I I, think, I watched that this week as well. 
Cause like, cause like, you you, you kind of think of Cena as oh, you know, he's kind of ageless. He always, cause he always kind of looked kind of old and kind of granite faced. Then you look at that footage and I got no, no, that was not the case. <laughs> um, uh, like, yeah, he's he's had a hard ten years on top to be to be certain, or fifteen even really. Wow. Um, yes, he was looking quite old. And plus, I realize this is you know always been the case, but man, the the stupid gear just makes him look even older. Oh, I mean, it really oh, does. Yeah. Yeah, that was just so embarrassing. Oh my god! Why just... why why can't he just come out wearing normal clothes with but with a t shirt on? He's yeah. he's forty two now in his little neon green. Gear. Oh god! It's like when they show grown up Bart Simpson in The Simpsons, <laughs> but he's still got the or- you know the blue shorts and the orange t shirt. <laughs> oh lad anyway um, so I saw that bit from Revolution and I saw the very end where um, where Goldberg won the title with like a power slam don't know why he didn't do the jackhammer that he normally does he just did like a normal power slam I th- I think it was supposed to be any- or are you being facetious very good <laughs> <laughs> you got me oh, ah, I worked him uh, now who's the, now who's the fucking idiot? Ah, uh, it's me. <laughs> well, it's funny because I wasn't actually watching that live. What was on at the time? There must have been football on or something. When was Thursday? Yeah, it must have been the, the United game against Bruges would have been on at that time, just when Super Shadow was finishing. And uh, my brother had his the the wrestling on his tablet, and he just starts laughing. Kohlberg won. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? And, uh, and then I had to check it out. And oh my god, that fucking poor lad. Although I think Bray Wyatt didn't exactly um, jump as high as he possibly could have for it. Although he is a big slob um, to play devil's advocate. Uh, yeah, maybe have Goldberg uh, give him little wee lads to jackhammer like AJ Styles. As opposed to big, old, and or fat blokes. Yeah, do, do, like, do you find yourself looking at this WrestleMania card and going, anyone with half a brain could put this roster together in any number of more compelling matches than what they seem to be putting together um, uh, on this show, such as Goldberg versus AJ Styles? I mean, I mean, you could definitely put people together that would kind of like I don't know if Goldberg is who they want to necessarily um, highlight or you know showcase but you could definitely put someone in with him who's going to make him look better than uh, than Roman it's not that Roman Reigns is bad but like how do you make Goldberg look like he belongs in there with Roman Reigns you know um, yeah. as opposed to someone who's going to sell for him and make him look good you know uh, same with Cena and Wyatt. I mean, we've seen that before, and it wasn't much good the first time. Um, and yes, but this is the fiend. This is the fiend, and also John's fiend. John Cena's face is all different now as well. Same as the fiend's. <laughs> yeah, did, did Tom Savini design that face as well? <laughs> oh God. Um. And then what? Brock. I think. I, I think to be fair, I think Brock and and Drew suits. 
Because I think Brock, although he doesn't do it a lot, which kind of adds to it, I guess. When Brock sells, he sells like a motherfucker. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he sold for Keith Lee. He was hopping around like young Brock. So I think um, I think that suits Drew, uh, whereas those other two matches I'm not so hot on. But then I'm not going to WrestleMania, so what do I care? Yeah, I'm not going or watching, so, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, who cares about that shit? we got a good show to talk about here, baby. Let's, oh, let's, yeah. let's, let's get comfortable in the old chairs. we got to talk about AEW Revolution. Live from Chicago on Saturday night, Leap Day. Um, obviously, we've been picking up Dynamite on recent weeks on this show, enjoying the build very much. Um, let's just run through the card here, which is a thing we have we don't typically do yeah. very often on this show anymore. I did stay is, up to watch this live. I don't know about you. Guys. I also stayed up to watch this live. I, I, I was, um, uh, I wasn't gonna. I bought the show legitimately. Uh, uh, you know, paid actual money to watch it, and uh, the missus was over Saturday, and I was gonna just you know, go to bed and watch it on Sunday after she left. But I was like, but no, I, I, I said. Well, would you mind if I stuck the old wrestling on at one AM? I very much would like to watch it live. I have to, be, I have to, I have to see it as it happened. I don't want the spoilers that she she obliged, and so I, I we watched the wrestling. I will um, admit, I did sleep during one of the matches. Well, you know, it's it's. I realize it's getting harder to stay up and watch these shows live oh, yeah. uh, in our old age. In our in our oldness, you know, it really is because um, this was during fun. that tag team match, as good as it was. My eyes did start to droop down every now, oh, every 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 now and then. So when uh, Chris Statlander come out, and I'm not uh, don't try to paint me as any kind of woman mm. hater. I love uh, the mm. women, right, and the rest. Mm. Mm. I said, right, I'm having a wee snooze during this. Wake me up. <laughs> and actually, I didn't even get woken up when it was over. I woke up with Cody coming out for his uh, for his match. So I don't know mm. if that Nyla Rose. Chris, that letter match was any good because I was asleep during it. Yeah, hey, it was all right. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, show opened with the uh, American anthem for some reason. Let's get rid of that. Let's pop Why that. Let's pop that in the old bin. That's only the only 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 anthem I want to hear is the Irish one in OTT, and they don't put that on the video. They leave that off. It's just for the drunkards in attendance. Um. Uh. So that's that's annoying. Uh. Opening match. I thought this was when when it came when they came out. I thought it was an odd choice, and I think that that opinion was vindicated because the opening match was uh Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Which lads I've been looking forward to build wise. I thought that was quite well built up. Mm. Yeah, I was somewhat interested in it. Um, it's just funny given it's Gold Dust versus Jack Swagger. Yeah, but, um, yeah, they did a pretty good job of it. Um, I didn't so much mind the placement. I thought it was kind of good to get it out of the way. Yeah, um, it, it was it had a bit of a smack of pre-show about it, so maybe that would have been more appropriate. Um. um. I, I was kind of interested in the sense of seeing these two guys with like something to prove. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily buy into the you know they're they're unshackled now that they're not in WWE, but like you know Dustin mm. Dustin Rhodes have been pretty good in AEW so far, all things considered. This was like Swagger's first match. Okay, let's see what he can really do if he's got you know a chip on the shoulder. Um, 
they had a 2009 ECW match. And uh, probably not even as good as it would have been in 2009. Yeah, that's the thing. And I, and I, and the funny thing is, I don't think it's because Swagger wasn't trying. I felt like he was putting in a shift, but it's, I don't think he's... He's not that good. That good. He's not that good anymore, you know. And it's getting, it's getting to be an increasingly... Uh, obscure trivia note that once upon a time he was a very highly touted prospect because mm-hmm. uh, the tail end of the WWE run wasn't good and basically nothing he's done after the fact has been very good and now there's this um, and and yeah Dustin Rhodes to be fair I think has been very good on television uh, you know he's in there with your Sammy Guevara's and stuff like that he's just having really fun TV matches. He keeps it simple. He's big. He's he offers something a little bit different, and and Swagger just uh, wasn't doing it for me. Um, and I knew because because Dustin was coming off the injury angle, so he had to get a little bit of revenge. I knew it wasn't going to be a squash, but I, I kind of wanted Hager to just go in there and beat the shit out of him and tap him out um, uh, quickly, um, which I think probably would have been better match quality wise as well. But uh, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if this was just a one-night thing or what. I guess we'll find out on Wednesday. But they heavily emphasized his wife at ringside, uh, mm. cheerleading and doing a weird kissing spot with Dustin Rhodes and uh, tons of camera cuts to her. So I don't know if she's going to be coming in as a manager or what. But uh, eh, that wouldn't do much for me, but, but we'll see. It was like 15 minutes long. So it just went on and Oh, on. yeah. Way, way too long. Yeah. Way too long. Yeah. Um, that's it. so. Uh, Hager won that one with a, a sort of arm trap uh, choke thing. They they lean into the MMA stuff, which I actually kind of like. I, uh, you know, and I like that. I like that he does the low blow because he got disqualified for doing a low blow in Bellator. Um, that's that's funny. Uh, second match, which I, I which was my guess for the opener, and I, I think it would have been a great one, was uh, Darby Allen defeating Sammy Guevara. Um, God, you talk about just two really exciting just insanely talented youngsters that aew is very very either lucky or wise to have picked up when they did um because they they went all out and they had a they had a mad match here a second match on the card according to wikipedia this match was only five minutes long that can't be right surely was it yeah because all the pre-match because they yeah oh the pre-match of course yeah because i was thinking they got a lot of a lot of shit in this match but I will say, I think like I, I think if you include all the, if you start from when Dar- Darby did that dive, I'd still say it was probably only around like eight or nine minutes. Like they, yeah. they went at a mental pace, and and it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it was kind of refreshing because obviously there was a lot of action on this show. I mean, in the tag match especially, but this one was kind of it was all action, and so as a result, they were dead within eight minutes. You know, and and uh, so that there was no there was no wasted motion. Um, uh, I mean, Darby's Darby is just such a star. It's so, it's so obvious. I mean, the 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 look and the music and the skateboard. I think he he jumps off the the screen in in a really significant way. Mm. That's six thirty to the outside as well. Oh my god! Oh lord! Oh. Perfect. So I actually um, rewound that about six or seven times because I was watching it in the morning after. Unfortunately, uh, Fight TV has a little ten second rewind oh, uh, function. Uh, so I watched it over and over again. And normally, uh, with wrestling pay-per-views, I'll be hitting the order fast-forward button. For <laughs> uh, this pay-per-view, I kept hitting rewind because there were just so many great bits like that. So, kudos to young horses. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd happily watch good. them have a little rematch down the line. Oh, please, please. Yeah, yes. and as Barry said, I think Darby Allen is just 
the best. He's so good in mm-hmm. everything he does. Brilliant. And, and like Guevara is like he's very much positioned as a kind of a goofy lackey, um, uh, you know, a pin eater, a guy to get laid out. But he's so entertaining in that role. I mean, it's like whether he's selling like that big super kick spot or doing the the placard stuff or just being a goofball. And then like, you know, in a match like this, you know, he'll he'll give his all. But of course, he's losing to the to the baby face. And that's perfectly fine. Um, uh, you know he's just so so entertaining, uh, and so uh, I'm I'm really excited for what for what I think I think I think this will be his role for a while, but uh, mm. I, I'm excited for what's to come down the line. Uh, so next up we got the big uh, the big tag match, the much talked about tag match. Uh, Adam Page and Kenny Omega retaining their titles against the Young Bucks. Um, this was one of the better stories they had been telling leading into the show. Uh, and I think on the night, it was one of the better stories in terms of kind of delivering on, on the promise of what the show was was building up to. Um, and I think the big story uh, coming out of it um, was uh, the the momentum of Page, surprisingly enough, based on how, how his tenure in AEW started. He seems to be uh, to be doing very, very well. And the fans are thoroughly on board with this uh, this renewed push of his. Mm. Um, well, I loved this match. Um, in fact, one, once it was over, I went full Dave Meltzer and actually thought, and bearing in mind, I hadn't looked at social media, hadn't looked at any reviews, I was just watching the pay-per-view uh, all the way through. Uh, I thought, probably the best tag match I've ever seen. Uh, I couldn't think of anything that, that would top it. And, you know, I'm not historically like a big Young Bucks or Kenny Omega fan. Uh, I've only really started watching them regularly since AEW began. But it was just perfect from the storyline to the execution to the near falls to the way built and switched momentum and back and forth. It was just just brilliant. I would go five and a half stars. Oh. Boom. That is more than five, which is the maximum. Well, I know. Given. I would never. I would. I would never give more than five, but I'm I'm getting a bit of a shake, you know. I'm getting the old kind of Meltzer, wanting to pull the pull the trigger on more than five stars. He's giving it be... five and a half on the old letterbox.com. Five, <laughs> five and a half thumbs up. Um, probably the best thing I've seen since Parasite. Oh. <laughs> wow! Wow! I actually, after the match was over, I actually felt like I needed to stop the pay per view and just have a little bit of a recovery before going on with the rest of it it was so good it was definitely Just, had a, a, wow. a new japan kind of inflection to it i think um I, i'm not mm. sure if it was like the pacing or what what it was but like it gave me the same sensation of watching a really good new japan match um yeah uh, top top stuff and adam page this was kind of to me his kind of coming out uh as as someone of the level of Omega in the books, because I've always been mm. a little bit like oh, he's just a guy he dresses like a, a cowboy, but he's just kind of solid. Never really, you know, there. But here he was great, and I I especially loved how kind of subtly done the the post match little the bit where Omega's facing away, and he just puts his belt down, he's hold as if he's gonna do the. The, the lariat 
the the buckshot lar and it just, mm-hmm. just so he doesn't mm-hmm. do it and it, it, you know it wasn't so subtle that you wouldn't pick up on it but it also wasn't too obvious yeah and that was like the perfect yeah so i was like oh Mm, you, you did good there, boy. That was, mm, that was exactly. Even he was even the way he kind of beckoned Omega. It was very like he 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 thought of that at the last minute. He was like he was gonna do it, and then he went, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm beckoning you, you over. Yeah, like just, oh god, that was good. It was very um, it was very Shawn Michaels when he has his back to someone and he just he just he ever so slightly lifts the heel. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was it was very much that. Like I actually I can't remember what the occasion was. I rewatched the Sean Brett. Oh, you know what it was? It was end of end of beginning of this year when it was, it was all decade retrospective stuff. I watched the Brett Sean reunion from Raw. Right. Um. And and before the hug. Sean goes to leave and he does the old thing that he's done so many times before where he 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 looks like he's getting in position to do the super kick but he's he doesn't even fully tease it it's just a little thing that if you're looking you can see and that was very much the the hangman thing yeah it, it was tremendous i yeah I, I i agree with everything you said um and they didn't they didn't fully turn but this was this the the, the indication of of you know heel young bucks was very much there uh, and it was a, I mean it was a joy to watch I mean they are, they are that's them in their element um, that is that is them in their element so I think I think with all the speculation about you know who might turn Kenny or or Hangman I think the most interesting development would be if they if they kind of solidify as a unit and the Bucks go heel um, mm-hmm. and you could make it even t- you know take it from this kind of uh, uh, competitive rivalry within the faction and turn it into a blood feud the Young Bucks um, are good heels anyway. So, oh, they're tremendous! I'd, yeah, I'd be in favor of that. I, I, so I, I think they're better in the ring, but also I just think I think they have a natural unlikability that hurts them as faces. Well, it's, it's, um, especially Nick. I think Matt, Matt comes off like a nice cherry bloke. Nick has a, a mean face. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. <laughs> I don't want to offend him if he's listening. I don't think he would. But care. whenever he come up on AEW Dynamite, I always have to go. That lad looks a bit mean, and I say it every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might have to give this one a rewatch because, like I said, I probably missed about five percent of it with my eyes trying to keep my eyes open. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. let me tell you what I saw. I was kind of it's weird because at the time I was like, no, this I've enjoyed this so much. I was almost like fighting with my body during it. It was a very weird sensation. But uh, yeah, I'd probably give it a rewatch because I thought it was great. I, I, I rewatched it um, uh, before doing this show, and first of all, that's a thing I rarely make time to do because there's so much wrestling these days. Um, uh, and both watching live and on a rewatch, I could not believe when Justin Roberts said thirty minutes is gone. I, I was like, no fucking way is that thirty minutes? That was the fastest thirty minutes I think I've ever I've ever experienced in a wrestling match. It was just so great. And obviously, like we're talking a lot about the story, which was fantastic, but it, it was just it was like also just you know Kenny Omega Young Bucks level, just bleeding edge athleticism and and you know uh, uh, you know really spots that were flashy but looked like really looked devastating as well. The the Northern Lights suplex sequence on the ramp, oh my god, just yeah. just killing each other out there. It was great. So obviously oh, that's the when Page did the one wind one wing danger. Oh, god, I believe it. Oh, oh good. With that being said, there was still had to be a moment. 
And now I, I, I loved it ironically, right? But <laughs> there, were, there were moments where the Young Bucks did it like a double Kamigoye to, um, God, was it? I don't remember if it was Omega or Page. Uh, it, it was Kenny because that's that was his thing. Yeah, he, he, it was the the him him and uh, Ibushi what the Golden Trigger or whatever, right? Mm. And Xavier goes Kamigoye. Uh, well, quite frankly, I don't know what a Kamigoye is, but uh, <laughs> it was sure effective, dear X. Oh my God! Why um, does even in this match he has to point out? Oh, that's a wackily named move. Mm, is that what they call it in the Orient? I don't know what, what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, at this point in the show, but somewhere along the way, they did a vignette for AEW Blood and Guts. Yeah. Uh, which it seems like they are quite wisely uh, leaning into the idea of having... Um, uh, like uh, peaking on certain television shows because obviously they've got quite a long pay-per-view cycle. Um, so the next show is Double or Nothing in May and so they are doing a television special later in March which seems like it is going to be a War Games episode of Dynamite. Um, uh, did they say two rings? Did yeah. they say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. two rings, proper cage. Two rings, proper cage. And like they put their best foot forward with that cage match with Wardlow. That was a big intentional, you know, we're we're doing proper cage matches. That was their that was their gambit. I found um, it weird though with the with the Wardlow cage. I ho- I hope that the, the War Games match or the War Games cage is a little bit better fitted to the ring. Because it did have a little bit of the old OTT cage where people are trying having to hold it in so people don't fall down the side. I think I think they kind of wanted that though. I think they wanted it to be this horrible thing you can get stuck in, and and they don't want it to be flush with the ring because they there's there's no element in this of getting out gets you anything. So so if you if you slide through the cage and your feet touch the floor but you're wedged between the cage, that's just like you know that's, horrible that's and fair. you don't win. That's fair. Right, but I will also say, I mean, I do agree that there were certain spots where, like, I don't want to see someone get thrown into it, and then they fall down the side of the ring and rip their back to pieces. I mean, I could do without seeing that, you know, so um, I, I do get you from that standpoint. But um, moving on, we had uh, Chris Statlander uh, challenging Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's title. Uh, Nyla successfully retained. Uh, as you might expect with these two, Statlander is very good, but she's also still very new. So, you know, some spots were a little ropey, and I didn't think they clicked as well as you might have hoped. Uh, but I thought it was all right, and I thought the crowd actually got decently into it when you consider the lack of build for this. Um, uh, the, the crowd were giving him a lot for the near falls at the end, including the absolutely terrifying finish, which was a uh, a top rope power bomb where where Nyla seemed like she was struggling to get Statlander up and just kind of went with it from the halfway point, uh, and and uh, 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 just really crumpled her up. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was okay, but um, but uh, the first half had no heat. Yeah, I felt bad for them. Um, I, I like both of them. I think they'll do well in future. I think they've just got a lot of work to do with the women's division. Just uh, just needs a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you, in a way, you, you can't blame the wrestlers, but also, you can't really blame the fans either, you know, because like you said, yeah, a lot of work to be done on that division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think they're getting there. I think I think the Nyla win and then this, I think it's... I think they've... Uh, they've 
they've they, they've decided we're going to do the dominant monster heel thing, mm. and uh, I have a decent amount of confidence that they'll get that right based on what they've done so far. So I, I, I we'll see we'll see where they're at. I'd say let's see where they're at by double or nothing. Hopefully it's in a healthier spot. Um, that led us in to the Cody MJF match, which was the uh, you know semi main event. Um, Oh, where do you start with here? Should we start with the tattoo? Or? Yeah, you, got, you have to. Okay, so Cody comes out. He made some appearance at some con the previous day with a scarf around his neck. And people could see the, the tail ends of a tattoo. And I was hoping it was going to be war paint or temporary. It seems like it's just legitimate and permanent. He's He's gotten his, uh, his Nightmare Family logo tattooed on his neck very prominently it's very large and if you haven't seen that logo it's like a skull emblazoned with a uh, american flag and some like symbols behind it it's absolutely horrendous and i'm no tattoo expert but it also doesn't look like an especially well done tattoo either it looks really kind of poxy uh, and it's it's so distracting. It's not just uh, oh that's kind of funny. This wrestler got a bad tattoo, whatever. That's a weekly occurrence. It seems like, uh, but it's so prominent. It's so huge, and it's on his fucking neck. Like it's just so distracting. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Might be one of the worst tattoos I've ever seen. Although Jack Gallagher's um, running in pretty close in that regard. Yeah, that that reveal was was pretty shocking as well. Yeah. Um, but at least, at least Jack Galler was a prelim MMA guy, so it kind of suits that he would have shitty prelim MMA tattoos. Mm. And also, he's a prelim guy in general. Whereas you know, the Cody thing bothers me because it it hurts my perception of what that character was. You know. Yeah. Um, he also was played to the back to the ring by a live band doing his entrance song. Oh my god, they were pitiful. Christ. <laughs> really, really bad. The guy's voice was croaking and oh man, it was oh bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Um the match itself seems pretty divisive. I, I did not like it. Um I thought it was very long and I thought a significant portion of it was too much like a regular wrestling match based on like the build where they're whipping him and you know he has to have the cage match and the no touching rule and all this stuff i was expecting way more of a of a fight uh, and i i i i was not really satiated by this and uh i didn't have a problem with mjf winning i kind of suspected he would yeah um but uh, it still felt like the momentum left this view just because of the way the match went down. I don't know if you lads feel the same way. Yeah, I agree. I did. I didn't mind the match too much. I think some people really disliked it, but I thought it was it was all right. I think it just did way too much. It's just overkill, given that the build up had so much in it as well. Mm. Um, they just completely threw everything at this, and I don't think it needed it. I think it could have just been a fight with MJF cheating for a win you know that's all it needed to be um you know he comes out he has that weird and en- pre-entrance entrance with that music and the, the big light thing the chandelier thing whatever it is mm. then he has the band playing him in then he comes out with the stupid tattoo and his whole like 10 person entourage which is yeah. off-putting 
Then, you know, MGS got his thing going on. He's got Wardlow. Arn Anderson's out there. All this stuff going on. And then the boot coming off, which was a kind of good spot. I like that. But it was just added to all this other stuff going on that just distracted from, you know, this is a blood feud. These two men are supposed to hate each other. And you've got all these kind of other stuff going on around it that's completely unnecessary. Yeah. It's like the opposite of the, the Young Bucks page Omega match. <laughs> it, it, it didn't let the story just kind of subtly sit there and be told through the match. It just overacted it completely. Um, it was a shame. Yeah, when you mentioned Cody's entourage there, I, I think... I think moving Brandy away from that shite she was doing and back to Cody's manager is is good because I think she's good in that role. But like, it, it seems very derivative to have her and Aaron out there. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I don't know why you need both, especially since like the key spots kind of involve Aaron. Like, Aaron gets laid out by accident at one point. There's this kind of constant will he won't he tease that Aaron might turn. You know, uh, and, and Brandy's then just just you know, kind of there. Um, how did how did MGF get busted open? By the way, I I, I, I he like he he did the toe biting spot. It was just a disaster I, kick. That's the last thing I remember him being hit with. Yeah, I just remember like again because I might it was I mean it might have been a factor of how late it was, but my interest was waning a little bit. And then they did the toe spot, and I was like, okay, that was funny. And then he got kicked out of the ring, and then he came up gushing blood, and I was like, wait, what? Did I briefly doze off or something? How did that happen? Um, yeah. You know, for better or worse, I mean the the positives and negatives of that match. I I, I think ultimately MJF winning um, uh, will will keep the momentum going. But um, yeah, now, this didn't stick the landing the way I hoped, and the way the way you know um, uh, um, the the tag match did the tag match you know made good on everything uh, that came before it. Um, yeah, yeah, I kind I hated it a, a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I did as well. I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> they just had like a, a, a boring wrestling match for like 20 minutes, mm. um, and and almost every little decision that they made during the match, I kind of thought was the wrong one. Um, like I get that the point of it was MJF getting his comeuppance and then kind of getting a fluky win at the end of it, but like I don't know. I I'm I'm and maybe this was fresh in my mind from watching the uh, Ruthless Aggression uh, Evolution episode, because I've always been of the opinion from the Triple H Batista WrestleMania what, 21 match. Like, I never liked that, you know, there's something that Triple H used to do a lot, was as the heel would, like, bleed all the time. Because I've always kind of felt that, you know, the, the, the valiant baby face should be the one fighting from underneath and, and bleeding mm. and all that, you know? Mm. Um, so, it, you know, it kind of worked in, in, in the sense of this story because Cody was the one getting his... Cody's already taken all the abuse, you know? Yeah, and he's bled. But I, I, I kind of... I do like I do like when the heel bleeds and the blow-off match. I, I do like that. But I get where you're coming from as well. It also just... Like I said, if it was just off the kick, it did not feel earned. You know what I mean? It did no. not feel... Mm. Like the visual they were kind of going for after the match was, oh, he, you know, he, so MJF won with a loaded punch with Diamond, which, like, like in theory is a fine finish, but when the match was bad, it felt like such an anticlimax. Um, like, I, I, I really expected something to happen, like Wardlow comes in and just fucking waffles him with a chair, although he probably doesn't want more heat for doing a chair to the head again, but like, I, I felt like something like that where he gets properly devastated. 
Um, and so they, they, they're going for this visual of oh, MJF's bloody and barely able to stand, but he won. It's like, yeah, but the match wasn't built like that. The match didn't have MJF getting his ass kicked. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that kind of match. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a real disappointment and a surprise as well, because Cody's like the one guy who who everything he's done has been like word perfect. He hasn't put a foot out of line. You know, um, he got he got as much as he could out of like Sean Spears and stuff like that by by positioning himself well and working the right kind of match. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I think I think the goal here will be to lead to a, a, a gimmicky blood match, uh, possibly the war games, maybe, maybe just some kind of street fight at, at the next pay-per-view. And I, I have more confidence that will deliver, but this was uh, this is a bit of a bummer. Now I, I quite like because it sets them apart, even though obviously there's you know health risks and all to it, which we have to also keep in mind. I do like the fact that in AW you get a bit of blood every now and then, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But I think they've been kind of leaning into it a bit too much lately. It's been too much yeah. about, like, I have it, but have it be, like, once every three months or something. You know, don't have Cody bleed mm-hmm. in the cage match leading to this match where MJF bleeds and then Moxie's bleeding in the main event. Uh, okay, enough. <laughs> Calm down a little bit. Use that. If you're going to use it, use it, you know, Sparingly to make it feel super important, like in a okay, yeah. you're in a cage match, but then don't use the cage match to build. Ah. Anyway, yeah. Um. So that segued in, you know, because that was that was arguably the main event. I mean, they they the the title match was hot. I thought that match was hypothetically hotter. So you know, between those two matches, you got to put a little buffer, you know, a, little, a little match for people to cool down. But they did anything but cool down for <laughs> Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Oh my goodness, I loved this match. This was the this is the other match from the show I rewatched because when I had the old fight gimmick open to to watch the tag earlier, I was like, oh, I'll have a, have a little bit of that Pack match again. Now. Well, why why not? Why, as a little treat. Oh, it was spectacular. I mean, if you've ever seen, because you know, Cassidy has done uh, matches of this ilk before, where you know he's kind of doing the comedy and then he turns it on a little bit. But this was like maybe one of my favorites I've ever seen him do. It was, and the crowd was so great. I mean, this this guy has such mass appeal. It's like everyone, you know. Um, hardcore fan or not i feel could watch this and get what the character is and then you have the wow factor of when the match really kicks in oh i love this match i really really loved it yeah it was brilliant <laughs> it was great um i think like it's one thing like the gimmick is obviously really funny um and it, you know the whatever you know from wherever things funny you know the other kind of ways they play on it but he's he's just great as well he, he, as a worker as the way he plays the role like without him it wouldn't be it wouldn't be this over um he was absolutely brilliant i think he's more he's more over than cody i think he's in the more baby face no uh, no you gotta have darby be number one who darby allen no, I've, come on. You think OC? I think OC is number one baby face <laughs> um, Yeah, anyway, this was brilliant. It was. And also, go on. I won't. Uh, I won't. I won't. I won't be a killjoy just yet. Go on. 
uh, and Pack is absolutely fantastic as yeah, well. He, is. he was brilliant in the role that he had to play here. I loved, I loved his little pyro as well. Farty pyro. <laughs> it was so perfect. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was so so good. Um, I didn't like the ending much, where the Lucha Brothers just come out for no reason. Yeah, why? Why are the Lucha Brothers like? They they feel surprisingly directionless in this in this promotion. Yeah. Mm. Um. Uh. Like and and like the Daniels thing was an okay angle all in all, but it also ultimately just started with them attacking a person for no real reason. I mean, there was a little bit of of, uh, of preamble to it, but it it came out of left field for for certain. Um. Uh, and and then yeah, here they are again. And look, I mean, a lot of pro wrestling feuds start this way, you know. Um, uh, you know, some heels just kind of come out and 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 fuck somebody else. But it seems like there's, you're getting really no explanation for it. And whereas, you know, Lucha Underground and Impact both had a lot of Pentagon promos, you know, subtitled promos, mm-hmm. to having him explain his action. Um, uh, AEW really haven't. They've kind of just had him being a, a, a mid card heel who who just just sort of has feuds. You know what I mean? Mm. Speaking yeah. of Daniels, by the way, did either of you watch the pre-show? Uh, yeah. No. Oh my god, what was that Chris Daniel thing? Completely yeah, that was nonsensical. They were beating up SCU. Cole Cabana debuted, by the way, um, and then a hooded figure come out. And you're thinking, oh, it's the exalted one that they've been kind of teasing. And then he just took the robe off on his Christianians and he ran down and fought them. Why did he come out in the robe? What was, what was, who was he deceiving? Like, and then he just took it off on the ramp and ran down anyway. Like, what was the advantage of wearing? What was that? Oh, stupid shit. So it was anyway. And it, and it did, it didn't get a reaction as well. No. Because, like, <laughs> Because I think I think when he came out in the robe and then he revealed, oh, it's Chris Daniels. I don't think people knew. And they're like, are you revealing that you're the exalted one, or are you surprising the Dark Order? Because until he hit the ring, you didn't know what which one he was doing, and so they just didn't react. Um, and plus, it's plus it's like also they don't care about the Dark Order. That's the other thing. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, so the, yeah, this match was, was was great. I mean. You know, Cassidy losing is fine, but yeah, the finish just felt. Pack could have just beat him. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they had to bother with the with the Lucha Brothers um, uh, on that one. But yeah, I think I think Orange Cassidy. I, you know, I I think um, I think I think it's it's tough to say what he could end up being because I think he's just kind of perfect in this role, and I think he'll have a lot of appeal with or without a push. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you have to really do anything with him to have him, uh, uh, you know, uh, translate to fans. Um, and uh, that led us then to the main event, which was John Moxley winning the AEW Championship from Chris Jericho. Uh, they had a fun brawl. I, I, I didn't think it was, a, you know, a, a really excellent match or anything at all like that, but I thought it was very fun. About the level of a good Dynamite match, um, mm-hmm. uh, you got Jer- you got Jericho doing all the Jericho tricks, which are still great, um, uh, and and just you know being a being a buffoon, 
um, played to the ring by a tremendous choir. This shat all over Cody's entrance, let me tell you. <laughs> Getting like a genuinely quite great uh, choir to play that stupid song, <laughs> that absolutely fucking moronic song he comes out to. <laughs> And he wrote that you know everyone had to be looking at each other funny when he came in with that with the sheet with those lyrics on it when he wrote it back in the day. Um, it was so so great, and uh, you know Mox is uh, Mox is great. You know, the build to this it was really kind of unapologetically uh, making him out to be a, a Steve Austin type character. They they kind of had a Steve Austin style match, and it worked. Um, and he won, and, and you know, that made sense. Uh, I, I didn't have too many qualms with this at all. didn't think it was a great match, but I thought it was, it was a perfectly good main event. I thought it was great. Um, I think Joe, though, got the nail on the Ooh. head. What's the phrase? <laughs> on the nail! On the, the right guy and the right nail! He hit the nail on the, right the head. head. <laughs> he hit the nail on the head when he said that the best part of this match was when the referee was ejecting Jake Hager and Satana Ortiz, and Ortiz took a Ric Flair bump on the apron. To oh, oh, yes! That was great! He, there's a oh. bit of Ric Flair to Ortiz, I think, in how he bumps and reacts to things in general. But it was... Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. It was I think it was very um, intentionally uh, an homage to Flair. It was very Ric Flair-y. Yeah. Like, like he purposely got up on the apron. No, 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 no! And she's, you're out of here! Oh, big pop on the That's fantastic. He's great. Um, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed the match. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of what Moxley's uh, wheelhouse is at the moment, and and it was a good version of that. There was a bit of brutality to it, which I liked. Um. Moxie got powerbombed on the apron, nearly hit his head on the ring bell. Um, what else was there? I I liked the the eye patch reveal, but but similar to remember a few weeks ago where he Moxie was teasing that he was going to join the inner circle, and then obviously didn't, and and that led to this match. And I felt like the the mm. re- the reveal just needed to have a a, a stronger little line to reveal it you know i kind of felt the same way about the the eye patch reveal here obviously i i get that he 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 could like um avoid the judas effect and then he revealed uh uh-huh, the eye but i i was kind of waiting for uh him him to reveal it to jericho and get a a, a big jericho reaction <laughs> you know yeah and and so that feels like for for the second time in this feud, although it's been done you know really well, a second little thing where a little bit more thought put into it, I think would have would have made for a, a more perfect moment, you know. Mm. Um, like I would have liked if 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 you know Moxie was really selling that he can't see Jericho goes for the Jewish effect, and Moxie like catches the arm or something, and then lifts off the old little eye patch, and Jericho is giving him the big hammy. Oh, like you know, to me that that that's what I I would have wanted, but you know, it was great. And then Moxie's little promo afterwards, where they played his music, <laughs> what the fuck, was uh, was very fun as well. Uh, yeah, I thought it was it was good for what it was, and great moment at the end. 
Mark's funny. And then him cutting his promo, going, hey, what the fuck? Don't play my music. Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That was great. I like, you know, it, it's. Yeah, it's one of the intangibles about AEW that will kind of keep me watching through the, the maybe the weaker weeks is, is you know, the, the the feeling that people have that little bit of creative identity and, and freedom. Um, I mean, there, I don't think a week goes by where Jericho doesn't have a segment where he's like, ah, by the way, uh, f- fuck all your mothers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Jericho wrestled the whole match with his little bandana on as well. Oh, he's so, he's so ridiculous. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was AEW. It, uh, it was uh, a blast. It really it was. was. Um, uh, yeah, so we we roll on to Dynamite, which is, I mean, as a show, is on a roll. We're not going to you know go in depth on it, but it was so great last week. Um, yeah. Oh well, like we're, okay, we won't, we won't talk too much about it. But oh, the the Pat Kenny Omega Iron Man match. Oh, come on now! Tremendous. Come on now! Tremendous. Kenny, Kenny Omega firing at all cylinders right now. Yeah, that's that's two uh, two for two, and that was another New Japan feeling match to me. Yes, yeah. Um, I loved also, and I I hope they do it for every pay per view. I love the idea of the the weigh in because yes, you know yeah. for all intents and purposes it's it's the same as a contract signing, right? But just there was something about it that was fresh and different. Mm-hmm. And made it feel like a sport, um, that I I thought was really great, and and I think he, he, they can be clever with it and put a different little twist on it every time, you know. Um, and I love I love he got you know laid him out on the Jericho never weighed in. Don't go to hospital. Funnily mm. enough, but um, laid him out on the scales. It'd be funny if he wait, then weighed him. And went, oh my god, he's he's lost some weight taking <laughs> that move, but um. Yeah, I thought that was really, really, really good. And now we have, on this week's Dynamite, of course, the debut of Lance Archer. That should be real good. Because he's great. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Lance Archer and also uh, Matt Hardy is now a free agent. Um, I'll be honest, I have no interest in in Matt Hardy. I really don't. Um, I have interest in Matt Hardy, not necessarily in the ring, but I wouldn't mind seeing him in a more... Talky and less wrestling role, like a manager. Like if, if he turns yeah. out to be the Dark Order guy, fair enough. I think he'll have fun with it, and he'll he'll make it interesting, you know. Because he yeah, he's got but, a bit uh, of he's got a bit of the Jericho to him to a much lesser extent, but he can be kind of creative and and reinvent himself as well, you know. He can. That 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 is fair. That's fair. I I just it's like I think the thing about about um about him is just, I feel like. They're gonna to want to really push him hard with Dark Order if he is the one, um, and I st- I don't want that to be the new you know I don't want them to revert back to this Dark Order as a top act thing yeah. that they've got they've gotten away from. I will say they've you know he and AEW I mean so much has 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 been teased of of Matt Hardy being the exalted one that I wouldn't be surprised if it's a uh, a red herring swerve. Um, it's. I mean, it's very on the nose. It's been no secret at all that Matt Hardy's contract is up. Uh, you know, uh, Udo used the word obsolete on TV this week. I mean, they're really, they're really leading into it so much so that I wouldn't be 
stunned if it was like if it actually turned out to be Brody Lee slash Luke Harper. Mm. Um, mm. Which I I don't know how I'd feel about that because he's great and I don't know if I want him lumbered with that. that. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, having a great wrestler at the center of it helped. I don't know. I'm curious. I, I'm interested. I, I'm somewhat interested in that. Mm. And I, I, I would think Lance Archer will be debuting as a solo act. I don't think he really needs. Um, I don't think he needs anyone else really. No. Um, so yeah, interesting, interesting week of dynamite ahead, as is often the case. Uh, and we will be back uh, next week talking about it. Well, the lads will be back. I will be. I will be uh, away next week. I, I won't be back on Monday either. So the lads will will soldier on without me. But uh, yes, very interesting to see how dynamite pans out, and also how the week in wrestling news shakes out as well. Did you get so, your your NXT UK tickets? I did not, baby. Are you not interested to see Gallus wrestle uh, uh, Warpig, whatever his name is, and his friend I mean, uh, Dave Mastiff? That list of names they put out, it's like, here's a bunch of people that I would be annoyed if OTT was charging these ticket prices to see, and I'm seeing it in a worse promotion, and Gallus will also be there. Um, so, uh, no thank you. I would not be fucking taking time off of work to go up to Dublin to watch uh, uh, the appropriation of Irish wrestling <laughs> by, 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 by the corporate pigs in Stamford slash Enfield. Um, I bought tickets. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh, little pig boy, little pig boy wants to go and see the, the pig wrestling. Shut out. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me your slop, Triple H. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, the lads will be back next weekend. I'll be back the following week with a, uh, hopefully you know in one piece uh, and and you know germ free. But uh, until then, thanks very much for listening. Chairshotpodcast.com is the website. It's also where you can email us. You can also tweet at ChairshotPod. Uh, let us know, as I said there earlier in the show, if you've got any games you think me and Paul are sleeping on, uh, do reach out. I'm curious to hear what you're all playing uh, at the moment. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. Ger- germ-free. Germany. You're going to the country of germs. Oh, it's a, it's a big reveal. I'm actually the exalted one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the lads will be back uh, this weekend and uh, in the meantime you can follow us on those various social media links and websites that I mentioned mm-hmm. and yeah so it's uh, for another week or two in my case it's goodbye from me Barry Murphy it's goodbye from Joe Towner goodbye and it's goodbye from Mr. Paul Griffin goodbye goodbye